For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. ED. Yo. How did, how did grilling season start for you, my man? How did, how did, how did it go? It was excellent. Yeah? Excellent. Yeah, burgers, sausage, ribs. Oh, my. Oh, wow. You, you got after it. This is the Believe in 49ers <laughs> podcast presented by betonline.ag on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Um... Ed got 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 after it over the weekend. Did some grilling. I did as well. But we got a big show uh, for you here today. We, we we're grilling up a masterpiece here, uh, if you will. We got John Scott Jr., Penn State defensive line coach, going to be joining us uh, coming up momentarily. And uh, last season, John Scott was at South Carolina, so he coached Javon Kinlaw for his final season as a Gamecock. Uh, this show going to be. Uh, Specifically, primarily about the defensive line. So much to discuss there uh, on that D-line uh, as it relates to these 49ers entering this season. Um, I, I guess we'll just get right into it, right? If Yeah, of course. I'll, 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 just, I'll just go like this. Armstead, Kinlaw, Thomas, Bosa, Ford, Street, Jones, Blair. Like, I'd put that eight up against anybody's. I, I, you know, I've been saying the entire time uh, since everybody lost their minds about Depot going that the defensive front is fine. They, you look at look at the names you just threw out there. Where's the bum? Yeah. Where's where's the weak link? Where where is where is the guy you say okay I'm gonna game plan and we can beat them by attacking this player. They don't have one of those, so you're okay. <laughs> That's a front, man. Yeah, it it um it, it's very interesting in the sense that, I mean the the strength of this team and and it was kind of alluded to during last off season, right? That that the strength of this team w- was going to be uh, the defensive line, and, and sure enough, um, the defensive line showed up and ended up being the strength of the team and, and pretty much carried. Carried the team to 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 that Super Bowl um appearance, and then you come back and and, and you pretty much double back, right? Like, yeah, you get yeah. rid of one of the preeminent players at his position in DeForest Buckner, um, but then also you draft a guy like Javon Kinlaw, and and we're gonna talk to John Scott about this momentarily. But one thing that he said about Kinlaw that that I was reading was the comparisons between him and Leonard Williams and you and I talked about Leonard Williams perhaps being a good fit here for the Niners uh, yeah. during during free agency um, prior to it didn't work out obviously because he he ended up getting the, uh, the get, getting tagged but yeah um how uh, what do you what do you think of those comparisons I mean obviously Coach Scott worked with him but if he is that guy what what do you what does that look like as a fit here for the Niners uh, Well the same the same reason we were both uh, into Leonard Williams coming here is because you have another athletic guy but you just got a big man that can just move bodies 
you have on each and every play, you have to make certain that you account for him because if you don't, he's quick enough, agile enough, enough moves, enough speed to get to the quarterback. And he's doing it straight from the middle of the field, right in front of the quarterback. So the quarterback's going to think about it. When you have a guy like that, uh, and and that's what that's what we both thought Leonard was. This is a guy that may not necessarily have all the stats. You know, he may not fill up that stat sheet where you're looking at it, where he's got you know all the the flashy sacks and things like that. But because you have to account for him on each and every play with more than one man, that's gonna that's gonna give your other guys that you just mentioned. That's gonna give the Bosa's. And that's going to give the Fred Warners when they blitz. That's going to give the D Fords off the edge. That's going to give them the one-on-one. And those guys can win one-on-ones. And that's how it affects the defense. And that's what that's that's what I kind of see in Kenlaw. That this is another guy that he he can get there, but you better account for him. He's a big man that has always thrown dudes around. And I kind of figure he still knows how to do that. <laughs> you just don't forget that, right? No. <laughs> You don't forget that. You toss, you toss, you toss the cat. You know, once or twice, you're like, oh, especially when you start to like it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, <laughs> like, oh. and and he he certainly did. You you mentioned one thing, sacks, and and that's very interesting from the sense that with Buckner, you, you lose seven and a half sacks from a season ago. He had double digit sacks the, the year prior to that. Um but getting getting those numbers from the interior, mm-hmm. h- how much does that change the defense? Oh, oh, oh tremendously. Uh, because it, a quarterback, so think about it. The, the quickest way to get to a quarterback is straight up the middle. That's why you see teams. Um, that, that that's why in this league, um, middle linebacker, you know, double A gap blitzes and all of these like pressures. That's why they're such a big thing because it's number one, it's in a quarterback's face. He sees it coming. Uh, it's, it gives him something to worry about. It doesn't allow him to step up in the pocket and use his legs as much. Uh, when you get a guy that can come straight up the middle, it, it shortens the amount of time that a quarterback has to work. It shortens uh, his ability to go through all of his progressions. That's why it's, it, it's so important. It makes the ball come out quicker. Uh, so from a defensive back standpoint, the way you start to play the game when you know you have consistent pressure up there is yet, you know, this ball, it's, it's an intermediate route. If they're going to throw it up top, it's going right now. Um, you know, so, so I know that I can, I, can, I can read. If I'm playing off, I know the ball, deep ball's got to come out right now. You don't have time. When you hit that fifth step, that ball's got to go. Um, you're you're going to get a lot of quick stuff because the pressure is coming. So that's how it it really affects the team when you have a guy that can hit the quarterback in the face right up the middle. Um, a lot of a lot of the offense, a lot of the play action, a lot of the um, like I say, like those intermediate, the 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 twenty yard comebacks, the eighteen yard digs, all those things that require that seven step drop and that play action and the timing. It's not there. So that's how it. it so. The short answer to that, it takes plays out of an offense's playbook because they just don't have time to run those if you have that consistent pressure up the middle. Yeah, this this was the number two defense in the league uh, last season, and they were first against the pass 
Um, they were still top 10 against the run as well, but first against the pass, and that's huge when, when you talk about a passing league and, and what, what it has become. Uh, I, uh-huh. I, look, I look at the interior defensive lineman situation, and it, it's interesting because it's almost – I don't know. I, I And you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I've always, few, I've always viewed that production just from a sack standpoint. I've always viewed that as more or less a bonus, right, because I think that's – that's what made the Saps, and that's what makes the Donalds and the, the, the Defoes. I think that's what makes them so well is their ability to, to cause havoc up the middle but then also be able to get to the quarterback as well. And, and so much uh, talk about, you know, the, those interior linemen is is their run stuff and ability, right? Being able to move yeah. bodies like you said Kinlaw did. But with, with this league now being a passing league, it's almost like you need that, right? So – so it's becoming even even more more important that those interior guys can be able to do that. And and Kinlaw, um, the, the sack numbers weren't. I mean, he had sack numbers. They they weren't necessarily eye popping or, or, or mind blowing, but he still showed the ability ability to be able to get to the quarterback. And 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 if he can bring that, I, I think that will be huge. I look at a guy like Solomon Thomas. You know, can, can he do it? You know, can can he take that next step and, and be able to 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 get to the quarterback? Um, you know, more frequently. Uh, well, think about this though. Think about this and everything you just said. Part of the reason why you see some of these guys, and I think, and I I believe Solly Solly is going to have a better year, um, and I think his numbers are going to increase. Uh, and a lot of it is because and we say that coming off of he's coming off maybe his best year as a pro right I mean this this is no not not even trying to shortchange him here or anything like he's coming off one of his best years as a pro just you know yeah he had two two sacks last year and he's going to continue to grow and his numbers are going to continue to grow as will the numbers of Ken Law if you say he's not a big sack guy but but this is what's going to happen because you have those other guys around you so you think so if you're playing if you're playing South Carolina and you're an offensive uh, coordinator what are you telling me? what what is your game plan going in for your for your offensive line yeah. in the passing game you got to watch number 3 that's it that's it you got you got we're we're going to design everything to take care of number 3 so you go into the game plan if you're the Rams this year and you go into the game so what's your what's your game plan is it to take care of Kinlaw or is it to take care of Bosa is it to take care of Ford is it to worry about Fred Warner on his blitzes? Is it to worry about Greenlaw if he's coming around? If it's to, if it's to worry about Quan, um, are, are we going to have any safety blitzes? You have a lot of other guys to think about. Is Solomon Thomas, is, do, you know, if we leave Solly one-on-one, is he going to make a play? So that's how guys get better when you have other good players around you. You have an opportunity to now take advantage of your one-on-ones. As as Bill McPherson used to say, and you know, longtime defense coordinator, we lost him here recently. But Coach Mack used to tell us all the time, everybody at some point has their tit in the ringer. Some guy has tough duty. When you are not the guy, when you are singled up, when you don't have the tough duty, you got to win. You yeah. got to win. Yeah. Because you want the other guy to win when you are taking on the double. When you are the one that's out there one-on-one with no help. All these, so when you, when you get the help, when you are the guy that's in position to win, you have to win. So that's how you get better. 
because these guys are going to get their one-on-ones because you, you think you're going to single up Bosa all game. You're going to single up Fred. Uh, you're going to, you're going to single up um, D Ford all game. Yeah. Good luck with if that. You do, if you do, you're going to get fired. Yeah. So <laughs> you can do it, but you're going to get fired. So, so that's the thing. So, so that's how these guys get better. You, the, the, a, a team gets to championship caliber by, a collection of really, really good players, not by an individual player. It doesn't work that way. Even like right now, the 49ers, and we're talking about this front, and this, this show is going to be about the front, so I'm not going to get too much into it. We'll do the, the other part at other times. But we're talking about this front. The 49ers front, is we talk about it being the strength of the defense, but you don't have a number one passing offense if you don't have good corner play, if you don't have good safety play, yeah, you got you got one you got one of the best DBs in the league. You have you have one of the best corners in the league in your secondary. That's part of the reason why a collection of really good players. You have a safe you have safeties that play um, at a very very high level last year, and they're only going to improve and get better. That's. That's why you had the number one passing passing um, defense because of that collection of good players. So back to this front, you're going to see, I, I think even though you're bringing in Ken Law, who wasn't a, wasn't a big time sack guy in college. T- 10 sacks over his last two seasons. We, we, and don't be, don't be, don't be surprised if he has 10 sacks a season here. Um, within his first three years in the league, mm. if he has a ten, if, if he has a double digit sack, because, because if the guys outside of him, you're gonna you 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 can't single those guys up, you can't single them up. And I'm saying that because I saw it happen with By, I saw it happen with Stubby, because we had guys coming off the edge. You you had Tim Tim Harris coming off the edge that led the league. I still can't believe that he led the league at 17 and a half sacks. He had 17 and a half sacks um, coming off the edge. You couldn't single him up. Because if you decide to single up a guy who's got 17 and a half, um, he's going to end up with 25. Yeah. So you start when so when you start to put somebody on him, you start to double that. Now you got these you got these big boys in the middle of the field that you're going one on one with because you don't want to slide your protection to double. And they were just too strong and too fast. And I mean, Stubby had I think 15 sacks one year. Yeah, because he's just all he has to do is toss one guy in front of him and then run and get the quarterback right in front of him, and that's what that's what can possibly happen. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm right here saying, I I think I think it can happen. And you know something else? You know what, man? Something else I think can happen. What? Right now, I I think that this is getting hot. It's getting hot. It is getting it's hot. Getting hot. It's getting hot, and it's getting hot, and you got to keep your body clean. You got to keep your body safe. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everybody a favor right now. All the men out there, I got some breaking news. Are you got I breaking have, news for us? I got breaking news. Yes, oh. yes, I do. Breaking news. Because I'm telling you, it's getting hot, man, and there are things you got to take care of. So I have a pubic service announcement. And it's brought to you by my new sponsor, Manscaped.com. You guys have heard of them, but I just want you guys to know right now, um, new technology out here. I got my package. This is this is something, man. Right now, everything is nice and clean. Everybody wants to get outside around the pool. I'm out here, so if you're going to be around the pool, you 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 gotta you gotta have yourself in the sun, nice and clean, nice and fresh. Manscaped, the lawnmower 3.0, dude. Let me tell you, um, 
I can tell you, it, it's stress-free. It's stress-free. We got a lot of stresses in our life. Stress-free shaving. No nicks, no cuts, perfect lighting. It has, it has you, you know, you, you know the, the spotlight that it has on it, so you don't have to worry about any, any nicks and crannies. You don't, you, the balls are completely happy. I mean, millions of balls are out there, nick-free, because of Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. So trust me on this one, man. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code ERIC. Listen to what I'm saying. At manscaped.com. Yep, that is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code E-R-I-C. And and as always, your balls will thank you. I'm telling you, keep them cool, man. It's hot out here. I'm standing outside right now. Nobody wants, nobody needs swamp pants. Can't, can't have it. Not in the summer. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> to, to channel my my inner Mike Singletary. Can't do it. Won't That's have it. it. Uh-uh. <laughs> can't do it. Go ahead. Get your 20% off. That's Use the promo code ERIC. That's ERIC with a C. Get it right. Uh, people. That's the only way to spell Eric. And uh, right. you yeah. know, there, there may be some people out there a little confused, you know. So I, I just want to enlighten everybody. We're we're here to educate and entertain. Um, John Scott going to be joining us here momentarily, but before that, I want to touch on DJ Jones for a little bit. Um, okay. Because this is a guy, and, and it's throughout this off season. If there's one player that or one tweet that I've seen that's probably been maybe one of the more consistent tweets I guess among the faithful is if he's playing the Niners don't lose that game and that game of course being being that game in February against the Chiefs um uh-huh. he 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 went down season ending ankle injury um that game against the Saints I mean, everybody remembers how, how well of a game that was but it came at a cost right it came came with a price right yeah. uh Niners you know ended up losing a few bodies there yeah. um his return and and healthy as well um you know how, how much does that boost and how much is he going to be able to push a guy like a Kinlaw um i think it well well number one he's this is okay let's let's go with it he's not going to push Kinlaw we're not pushing uh, for a, a spot well, per se, but well, no, no, that's 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 what I'm going to say. I, these guys aren't going to. I, I, the the word is feed. Okay. Off. Okay. That, and that's that's the thing. Um, it's not a question of you pushing to outdo. It's you feed off the energy. You feed off the 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 skill level. You feed off of the production. Uh, I'm saying that because I could go back to the secondaries that I were in, and you have players that are playing at a level. And you're like, okay, this energy, I need to play at that level. They see you playing at that level, and they're like, wait a minute, I got to keep my level that you know up there, and that raises the level of the room. So that's so that's what I think is going to happen. DJ is a guy that was doing just that. You had you had uh, Defoe leading the charge, but you saw how everyone else was playing at that level. This you 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 got a guy coming back that you know DJ understands the standard man. Yeah, he does. You got a lot of guys in that room, so so he's gonna come back and he's gonna play at that standard. He's gonna be hungry. He you know I I've I've done the injury thing where you miss out and you're sitting there watching and you see how you see how the monster moves without you and it changes you man. I'm telling you, 
It does. It, it changes your outlook on the business. It changes your outlook on every snap and every step that you're taking. Uh, because it, it's one of those things where you realize as much as a player believes that he's invincible, you go through that and you see how everything else keeps moving and marching without you. So you come back that much hungrier and you still understand the standard. Yeah. And you still so you push you push yourself to play at that level and, and maximize your talent. So I think that's going to happen. And I think, yeah, I think all of these guys are going to feed off of one another. And that's, that's what we're saying. There, there is no there is no easy win on that defensive front. Niners, of course, expecting a big year from DJ Jones, also from Javon Kinlaw. We'll hear from his position coach at South Carolina, John Scott Jr., coming up on the other side of the break. But first, this from our sponsor. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot And we're now pleased to be joined by Penn State defensive line coach John Scott Jr. Coach Scott was at South Carolina last year where uh, he, he was charged with the task of coaching one Javon Kinlaw and coach Scott joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast appreciate you for taking some time coach um before we get started just want to start off by asking how's everything going on your end you know how's quarantine and and the family and all that hey first of all thanks for having me on guys um everything is going well uh you know just uh out here quarantining and trying to stay safe and healthy man Nice, nice. Um, staying safe and healthy, that, that's been been a, a major component over the course of the last couple of months here especially. Um, I was reading something, and you said once you got to South Carolina, you watched some tape on, on Javon, and at the time he had maybe a fourth to sixth round grade, and you mm-hmm. immediately thought that he was a first round uh, talent. Uh, how, did, how did you go about navigating that process? Well, just – you know, just kind of like you said, when, when I when I took this job, you know, Coach Muschamp said, "Hey, man, you know, uh, you, you've got you've got a guy that can be a, a a big time player." And so I was already familiar with Javon because I was at Arkansas the two previous years, and uh, one of the game tapes that we used to uh, scheme Vanderbilt uh, was with South Carolinas and. And I was like, who the heck is this defensive tackle at South Carolina? Because I think he had like three sacks, two of them were called fumbles. I mean, he was just disrupted. They couldn't do anything with him. And so uh, I remember watching him then and saying, that guy is really good. And so when I took the job, you know, Coach Muschamp said, hey, we got a guy that I, I think has, you know, uh, un- unlimited potential. This guy could really be something special this year. So I sat down and I watched every uh, game clip that he had. And, um, you know, he, he was graded as, uh, I think, uh, between a fourth and sixth rounder. I mean, I, I had even uh, saw some of the scouts' uh, opinion on him. And so I sat down. I coached two years and a half so with the Jets. And so he had, Javon and I met when, we, when I got off the road recruiting. Uh, sometime in February, and we watched all of his clips, and I said, hey, you know, 
Uh, you've got great potential. Um, you know, you have a fourth through sixth round grade pick. I think you could be a first round guy. There's not many. There's not many guys that you're going to see that six six, three hundred and fifteen pounds with a with a twelve pack. Um, you know, put together like he is, and you just see the explosiveness and you see his ability. And I said, man, you could be a first round pick. And he said, I want to be coach. And and so there were some things that I saw on tape as a coach that I knew that uh, we could help him uh, get better at, you know, his eyes and, and striking guys and, you know, shedding blocks physically. And, you know, we sat down, we watched it, we mapped it out. I showed him some things that, that I had done with other guys. I showed him some things that uh, – some drills that we had done in the NFL. And I said, well, I'm going to implement this and we're going to try it this way. And Javon was all in 100%. And, uh, man, it just speaks volumes of the work that he put in um, in the offseason and then, you know, carried the drills and, and, and the things that we talked about we had to focus on to, to get into that first round. He did it. I mean, he played with great eyes and great violence and great physicality. So uh, it was just really impressive to see uh, Javon take those things and, and run with it, man, and, and he did. Yeah, Coach, I love everything you just said about um, his learn his taking the coaching and learning and getting better because we we know as you know that's that's being a pro that's that's being able to work right. your skill set and move forward. So I like hearing that. Uh, the thing that a lot of the 49ers faithful are concerned with, uh, and and it has been this thing the entire you know since the trade of DeForest Buckner. Defoe mm-hmm. was one of the premier guys not only on on the 49ers front but mm-hmm. at his position in the league. Um, you just talked about Kinlaw's ability to take the coaching and get better, but what about that mindset? Um, is is he is he the type guy? Because I, I always loved it when the big boys up front start talking. Mm-hmm. I, just, I we you shut up and you listen because they're banging uh-huh. heads for a living. Um, is that's he one right. of those guys that's going to take over um, a, a, a huddle, a room? How how is he in that aspect? Absolutely, Eric. He, he he can do that. When 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 Javon speaks, guys, listen. He has uh, J- Javon plays the game with such a violent uh, physicality, man. When he it, when you start watching that guy work and what he does on tape, and um, you're gonna shut up and listen to that. I remember <laughs> I, I, I remember a distinct time. Okay, so it was the first time I believe in um, preseason camp. Well, we were doing, uh, we were doing like, you know, like the Oklahoma drill. But one of the things that Coach Muschamp uh, that did at South Carolina, I love. We get down and we would do O line versus D line board drill under the shoots. And so, like, if you know anything about that, that 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 will draw you out very quickly if you're not a physical guy. <laughs> yes. You don't play with technique. You will get exposed extremely fast. You know, you'll be that. Well, that's the elephant in the room right there. So. <laughs> So we get down and we got we got good on good. We got Javon against you know our best old lineman. You know that uh, that we think's an NFL guy. And I'm talking about Javon gets down in his stance, and it was one of the most distinctive noises I've I've heard. It sounded like it sounded like a train wreck. Um, it sounded like the first time that I heard NFL players hit live in camp when he hit our offensive lineman. And I'm talking about Eric drove him about three yards out the shoot. 
and the old lineman said something. The old lineman said something to him, and he said, "Let's go again," and did it again. And I'll never. I was so I was very impressed. Um, and we probably had about fifteen to eighteen scouts out watching it that day, and he just dominated that guy, physically dominated him. And then we go do another drill, and he does it again. So that mindset. That he has about um, he's always self motivated. He's the type of guy that he will find every uh, avenue or everything he can just to burn that energy, burn that fuel, and motivate him. He Javon wants to be the best, and I can see him now. He'll come in motivated to to to, to be the best player he can for the 49ers coming in there, uh, starting out. He he is self motivated. He he won't have a problem with that. But you know when he when he starts talking and people see the way how he practices, how hard he practices, how he plays, he he'll be able to say whatever he needs to, and people are going to listen because he he lives it and he does it every day. That's tremendous. That, that's a story right there. All the faithful uh, will, will get excited about John Scott Jr. joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Coach Javon Kinley last season at South Carolina. Coach, you coached Leonard Williams during your time with the Jets. Uh, he was a guy, I, I, I covered him his entire career at USC. Um, yep. And and what is it that, that you see in Javon that may be similar to, to, to Leonard? Because Leonard was – he was a first-round pick as well, top ten selection when he came out. That's right. Well, it, it's – I think – because I, I was with Leonard for two years, and to me, they're, they're very similar players. Um, but I think coming into the league, Javon is a little bit more physical – than Leonard was at that stage. And I, and I think Leonard Williams is a physical player, so don't get me wrong, but I'm saying coming in at right now at this stage, I feel like Javon is more physical. Uh, I think Javon is really, really violent with how he strikes guys and uses his hands. Um, Leonard wasn't that coming in. He is now. Uh, he's very physical now, but he wasn't that coming in. The similar build. Uh, similar athleticism, um, but I, I would say to me that's the difference um, with him coming in. I, I feel like Javon's a little bit more heavier-handed than Leonard was coming into the league at this stage. Oh, I love hearing that because that, as I've been telling everybody from the start, when they're, they're worried about the loss of production from Depot, and I'm like, guys, trust me, Ken Law has not forgotten how to throw grown men around, and you will no. see it. <laughs> so, so I, I feel. I, Go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 I would say if anybody has a question about that, I would say go back and watch the Georgia game. And I, I thought Georgia up front was the biggest offensive line. Georgia was bigger than some NFL offensive lines, you know, and you watch him throw around 360 pound guys. I remember Georgia was running a stretch play to the uh, to the right. And uh, we had a little stunt going on, and uh, Javon Kinlaw comes down and drives the center back five yards in the backfield and knocks him into um, Swift on a stretch play. You know, just just look at the first play of the game where he takes the guy three yards deep, the guard three yards uh, on the first play of the game. And, and I'm going to tell you what, Georgia had a really good offensive line. I think, what, three or four of them guys got drafted? So you, you don't have to worry about that. He, he, he can do that, and he will do that. Love it, love it. 
Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Rashad. Co- Coach, how, how do you think he can evolve? At 10 sacks over his last couple years there at South yeah. Carolina, how do you think he can evolve as a pass rusher? Well, I, you know, I think that Javon will be a, a really, really good uh, pass rusher in the NFL. I think coming out of college, uh, Javon's a really good power rusher. I think uh, Chris Corsett will uh, – uh, will do a great job of developing a secondary rush move for him because uh, Javon has really good hips and feet. And I think I think that's where you'll see him really, like, take off and make some uh, tremendous gains is uh, you'll see that guy, Javon, will become a more complete pass rusher, uh, having uh, a, a good secondary move in the NFL. Yeah, Coach, you know you answered all my questions. I I I could get, I could get you to talk more, but you said you've already said he's a violent. He's a and this is the thing because Coach, you can't you can't make a guy want to work. You no. can't you can't make a guy be a leader. You can't no. you can't teach a guy to like the sting of football. And everything that I've heard from you from being around him, you're saying he naturally possesses all of those things and absolutely i mean i mean when the young man when javon kenlaw got to south carolina he was 350 pounds okay maybe 360 and the way he the, the way the guy changed his body with nutrition and working at it and getting down to 315 you know i, I kid around and say with a 12 pack and I'm telling the guy is a worker, and that's impressive to me. Um, he, he's highly motivated um, to to be to be the best, and 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 I just think you know, and and, and like you're you're right. You can't you, you can't just go and you're not a physical player all your life, and then go be a physical player in the NFL. It just doesn't happen that way. So he's got a lot. He's got the traits and the habits that you want uh, as an NFL guy, you know, and he, and he's got the heart. The guy, the guy, he'll 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 play he'll play through maybe being sore and all that kind of stuff. He pushes through, man. He he's a he's a great player, really is. Even better person. John Scott Jr. joining us here on on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Great stuff, Coach. I mean, you you talk about all of his accolades last year. You know, first team All American and and first team All SEC and all these things. And and you guys had a tough year last year, a four and eight record. So that that goes to show just the impact uh, that that he had. Um, One more note before we get you out of here. You also coached Kerry Hyder, and he was an acquisition for the Niners uh, during the offseason. Kind of going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for him trying to make this team, but what what type of of, of traits does he possess um, that may make him someone to look out for once training camp starts? Well, I, I tell you what, you, you guys are gonna like Kerry Hyder, man. Kerry is a versatile guy. Uh, I coached him at Texas Tech, and Kerry was a really good player. He was he was about 275 pounds, and he was playing three technique for us. He was all Big Twelve. Kerry is cat quick, and he's he plays with great leverage. He's got really good hips. And um, I, I know when he went on to the NFL, they moved him out, and he played some in. And I thought he was dynamic there. He was he was on his way to having one of the, the best seasons of his life. And I think he had an injury or something uh, when he had eight or nine sacks uh, in, in the NFL, I think, with Detroit. But you're going to get a guy that's uh, a high football IQ. You're going to get a guy that's athletic. He's going to be able to play the five technique. 
uh, on first and second downs and third downs if you need him. But he also could slide inside and, and rush from the three technique and nickel downs. Uh, he's going to be highly versatile, and he's a pro. I mean, Kerry works at it, man. Uh, you know, Kerry, um, I, I thought Kerry was one of the most athletic D linemen that, that I had had, um, you know, and he, he's a grinder. Kerry works hard. Uh, he studies the tape, and he, he's going he's gonna to know it. I mean, it's not going to shock me at all to see Kerry Hyder having great success with the 49ers uh, because <laughs> of the type of player he is. Oh, just what the 49ers were lacking. More depth. More, more depth on the D-line. at the D-front. <laughs> <laughs> I love hey, it. hey, fellas, you can't have enough of that, man. You need you need them big guys up front. Hey, coach, you're talking to an old corner. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't have to cover as long, Eric. Come on, man. You want them big guys. Absolutely. They, these guys got me thinking I can play again. <laughs> that's awesome great stuff uh, john scott jr dropping all kind of gems here on the believe in 49ers podcast coach you know you got a bunch of stuff to do uh but appreciate you from carving out some time for us here today um stay healthy and, and be well hey, hey hey man thank you guys for having me man and uh you know i'm i'm, a, I'm gonna be a 49er fan you got my other guy other guy Jared mckinnon man you got you got a couple guys I know out there, man. So I'm pulling for you guys this year. I'm a kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Good absolutely. talking to you, coach. All right, man. You guys take care. All right, Ed. Just so much to unpack yeah. there, right? Coach Scott dropping all kind of gems on us. Um, one thing that that stood out to me was the fact that he said he thought Javon was more physical coming out. Than Leonard Williams was, and Leonard that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Leonard is a guy who uh, I, I covered during his time at USC, and he came in as a freshman and was just a man amongst boys, and and immediately cemented himself on that defensive line. I've talked previously on this pod about just his versatility. Right, he can play on the edge. He played inside. Um, but I mean, he was—he was just a different dude, and from a physicality standpoint, he was about as physical as anybody on that team as a freshman. Um, and, and so you, you can only imagine the maturation process that took place after that, with him going on to be a first-round pick. But to say that Javon is even more physical—that I mean—that's saying something right there, without question. Um, because he—you're looking at this guy. And he's seen both of them from the start. That, that, that's what I like. And, and we're talking about someone that understands professional talent, understand how to work as a pro, understand the progression of players. And he's saying that this guy has a higher floor. Uh, that's, he, he has a higher floor that, of a guy who was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, who, a guy who's a solid pro. Um, I, I like that. I love, I, you, you heard me tell the coach, I love, and this is what I like talking about, uh, players from their, their coaches, the guys that have helped them become better players and have seen them grow. You get to see how a player works. You get to understand where he came from, um, where he can go because none, none of these guys being drafted, like Bolsa right now, Bolsa hadn't reached his peak. He's not as good as he's going to be. I, I know. I, I think about it. I, I wasn't. I, I didn't stop developing as a player uh, until I was probably 27, 28 years old. Mm. That's what's going to happen with these guys. You're going to continue to get better. You're physically going to get better. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get quicker. He talked about his good hips. He talked about 
uh, you know, his his Said ability. He was, he was heavy handed. <laughs> yeah, heavy handed. Yeah, and he is, man. This dude, I, I, you know, I've been saying it. He slapped. He moves men, and and he he looks like he enjoys doing it. And that's the thing that has got me so hyped that you have a guy that can come in. And as I have said before, I'm not worried about him being default. I'm not worried about replacing. And I've tweeted it. I've talked to people about it. I'm not concerned about the loss of Defoe's production. The trick is what will Ken Law's production be and become. And I think it'll be okay. <laughs> and from listening to his coach, sounds like guys that understand him, Ken, him by him, Ken Law, and have been around Ken Law, and also understand what is necessary to be a high-end professional D lineman. This, that's who we were just talking to. You got it straight from the horse saying this is a guy that can get it done, and I believe that. And it's not even so much the on-field production. Um, obviously, all that that Coach said was great, and, and that is something to get excited about. But something else that excited me was the fact that he said when Javon talks, people listen. Right. And, yeah. and, and I, I know that we talked about this before on this show a lot, just in terms of how um, how much Defoe was a factor. Right. How much he was a voice, how much, um, you know, people look to him, you know, all, all the leadership skills and traits and things that, that he exhibited. Um, and the fact that Javon is a guy who he works hard, he gets after it. And, and when he talks, people listen. I think I think that's something and obviously a trait that that can transfer over, you know, as well, you know, coupled with the production as well. Um, I, I think that 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 was intriguing to me because it's like, OK, here, here's a guy who who who, who can also be a, a light uh, or a voice, you know, for his teammates. Um, so I, I, I like I like that a lot from from what coach um, from what coach had to say. Um, also, we talked about it at the beginning of the show prior to prior to coach coming on. But um the sack production, right? And and, and he says he, yeah. he thinks Javon can can be even better. Um, he thinks he can evolve. He can add a secondary move uh, or two. Um, that 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 was somewhat encouraging to me as well. Uh, well, that's something that I I you know we were discussing, and I was like, you know, first of all, he's he is going to have people around him that is going to make it impossible to double him all the time. It's going to be impossible to just put bodies on him like that all the time. Uh, ben, you have you got a big man, and and that's why I mentioned a second ago, the good hips, you, which means he's going to have the ability, he, he can physically learn these, these other moves. And when he's so strong, you're going to have to account for the power. Now, the secondary moves off of that, him learning those on those one-on-ones will allow him to be able to get to the quarterback. And remember, he it was six six. Yeah. He's long. He's right there in front of the quarterback. He's going to be lined up right there in his face. He's going to be in a three. He's going to be in a one. Coming up, you know, they may move him out to a five, but he's going to be right there on the quarterback. Tre- tre- and, tremendously I mean, long arms. I mean, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's that. All sounds good and. The secondary moves and learning those moves, first of all, it comes, do you have the ability to physically, are you physically gifted enough to do certain things? Sounds like he is in that big frame. The other part of it, are you willing to work at it? Are you willing to take the coaching? And you've heard, you heard Coach Scott say, 
we got to get, we took this guy, I told him, work on these things. Let's implement the pro style game into our practices. Let's start teaching you techniques and methods to be a better player. And he worked at it and he did it. And the other thing of it that got me that I was really excited about, where he said he transformed his body. Yes. That's a choice. Yes. That's a choice. Because he came in at 350, he could have left there 380. He decided to go 315. That's a choice, which right there says he he decided I want to be better, and this is how I'm going to become a better me. That doesn't disappear. That's something that's going to transfer because if that's that's something that lets me know he's not going to come in 315 chiseled, and in year five he's going to be 360 and out of shape. Yeah, he he's already doing that. Yeah, he he made a decision at a young age too. And for those of you not familiar with his story, um, he was recruited out of high school by Will Muschamp, who who's the head coach there at South Carolina. Um, but had a tough upbringing, um, had some issues academically, uh, to the point where you know him him and Muschamp had to talk, and he trusted Muschamp's advice. And and basically what what coach told him was, look. You'll be better off not even graduating from high school, just getting your GED and going to a JC for one year. Otherwise, you're going to be a non-qualifier. You're going to have to spend at least two years at a, at a junior college. Um, he did that. He went to JC for a year. Muschamp, you know, upheld his end of the bargain and brought him to South Carolina. Um, and it's it's just been full steam ahead, you know, since then. You know, tr- overcoming, you know, so much adversity uh, did Ken Law um, growing up. And, and he, the production was there. He played. Uh, and he did it with style, too. Wearing the number three. I don't know about you, ED, but I, I get excited when I see the big boys wearing the single digits, man. It, <laughs> and and he, he was, I mean, you're talking about a single digit and, and just moving guys around, moving bodies, as you like to say, man. Like, you got like you got to be a different type of dude, a special type of dude to to be 300-plus pounds and go out there with a single digit digit uh, jersey, man. That, 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 I think that says that says a lot about him uh, just there in itself. Um, and so, uh, yeah, man. And, and and I think Coach Scott backed up a lot of things that, you know, we kind of talked about here on this show, but also, um, you know, a lot of things that, that we thought as well. He just kind of, you know, put a stamp on those. Um, you know, we, we heard it right from the rubber's mouth, uh, right from the horse's mouth, I should say. Um, and, yeah, man, now now Coach Scott, he, he's since moved on from South Carolina to, to Happy Valley out in Penn State. Have you ever been to Penn State, E.D.? I, I have never been to Penn State. I've never been there. Um no, no, I've had a, a couple of times where I've been invited to do some things up there, but it just never worked out. But I've never been to Happy Valley. Yeah, so it, 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 it I've, I've been once, not to a game, um, but just on the outskirts of the building. You can kind of see the building off the freeway uh, and pass by it maybe about two or three times, right? Was not intentional. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was in Pennsylvania. And this was like pre-navigation in the car, pre-like, you know, um, pre-ways, uh, pre-whatever other apps you can come up with, right? Like like we had like a Garmin, right, in, inside the rental car. Um, you know, that thing that you just, you put on top of the dashboard and it's supposed oh, yeah, to give you directly yeah. old school, right? So yeah, we're, the kids don't know anything yeah, about that. They don't know anything about that. So we're driving. <laughs> I'm on a baseball trip, right? I'm with me and one of my friends. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to see, 
me and one of my friends, right, and her brother was playing minor league baseball at the time, right? So we're driving from Erie. No, where were we? We were in Redding, Pennsylvania, and we're driving to Erie, Pennsylvania. That's a whole nother end of the state, right? Yeah. And, and you know California here, like, you know, we can take the 5, we can take the 101. It's just a straight shot, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you want to go up north or go down south or whatever. Dude, when I tell you we have to go every single direction just to go north, like, I'm not kidding you. Like, we went east, west, south, and north. Like, there was no straight shot. There was no 101. There was no five, right? So we get right near where uh, Happy Valley is, right? I can see the stadium, and the Garmin, like, shut off. So we don't even know oh. where we're we don't even know <laughs> what direction we're oh. going, right? So we find ourselves like basically like making like U-turns on the freeway until this thing gets some act right and finally it starts talking to us again and then we're on we're on our way. But I mean oh, it, see, was, I it, it, it was it was I, I, I would have been listening I would have been listening for banjos like in delivery <laughs> in the wood in the woods of Pennsylvania like that. I mean, oh my goodness! It was, yeah, the, the woods of Pennsylvania, and then we got it. We got to a one point where we, we were on these uh, like two lane roads, right? And we're driving through Amish country, and, and so they're like buggies right on the side of us. We got to make sure like we veer even over, even further, so that we don't hit these people uh, to the right of us. Like it was, it, it was, it was an experience to 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 say the least. But uh, that's my my Pennsylvania story. Um. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh I, I know you know most people saw the the last dance um but in case you did not see uh the final dance it's up on YouTube and you might want to go see that right now um it was there's there some some there's some great uh banter some great back and forth our advertising partner betonline.ag title sponsor of the show by the way uh premiered their special the final dance it was a round table of interviews with ex-chicago bulls horace grant bill cartwright craig hodges and ron harper as they discuss espn's the last dance jordan documentary here's a clip from that series ron harper talking about if jordan would have talked to him a certain way how he would have came back at him I mean, I mean, MJ knew who he could talk to, knew he, who he had to push. He he was one of those guys who made you work harder because you see how he worked. So it made you work harder. And, and there was some guys who he would pick on, but I didn't think it was in a way that it was harmful or bullying. It's just that you ain't going to talk crazy to me. They don't think I'm gonna talk crazy back to you. Right. Now, when he was talking to Scott, when he was talking to Scott Brown, and telling Scott stuff, and Scott wasn't man enough to stand up for who he was. You ain't doing that to me. All right, Ed. I think this just kind of speaks to <laughs> what you were talking about earlier. Uh, it might have been last pod, maybe the pod before that. You were talking about. <laughs> Uh, football players versus basketball players, and 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 how uh, you know basketball players weren't weren't you know all that tough, um, c- considering you know not being able to handle coming back at one of their teammates. Ron Harper said it right there. He's like, "Look, you coming me crazy? I'm coming at you crazy." Um, now, now, now hold up. Now this is the thing, and I, and I said I said as far as I'm, I'm not questioning the men. I said I know these are big dudes, tough tough guys. I said I'm not questioning that, and a lot. Of, and most basketball players have tough upbringings. So I'm not questioning that. I said as competitors, 
they are the softest minded um <laughs> they're the softest minded um athletes out there that that's that's what i think I, that that's that's the that's the only reason i can see it how, how is it you can have a seven game series you can have a seven game series and a team i, I remember watching the the warriors and the cavaliers play it's a 30 point swing regardless of of the home team for the home home team based on the home team not regardless but based on the home team the home team wins by 30 points those first couple of games how can you be that much better than me in your own building? Mm. That's that's a mindset. So that's why I'm talking about the guys just aren't the, the toughest guys from that aspect of it. But now let's get back to Ron Harper talking about the guy calling him. Um, I'm talking crazy to him. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Hey. Hey, I, I told I told you the story. We had story time once before, and I told you the story about where I got to Denver, and the coach David Gibbs was up there, and I and he was talking crazy to the people when I first got there. And I said, "Know your personnel, man." And you remember I told yeah, you about that? Yeah, well, yeah. I was like, "Know your personnel," and I explained to him what I meant by that. Another story. I had a coach, George Katopoulos. George Katopoulos. If one of the one, I I had three really really good db coaches um ray Rhodes taught me what it meant to be a niner pete carroll took me to the next level made me an all pro he taught me how to use my potential to be an all pro player george katavalis understood where i was when i got to the panthers and what i was capable of doing and how to coach me how to move things on but when i first got there he was one of those guys and his whole thing he would call everybody bird that was his, like a guy making a mistake. Hey, bird, this, this was going on. So the very first time he, he was like, hey, bird, I, when I screwed something up, you know, because I'm getting there and I screw something up. And he's like, hey, bird. And I um, immediately just responded, got I, okay, got you, bird. <laughs> that, was, and, that, was the, that was the clap and he back. Was like, he was like, he was like, uh, he looked at me like all crazy and and he was like, D did you understand what I said? I need you to do this. I was like, yeah, I got it, Bert. <laughs> Guess what happened? He never, I didn't, we didn't discuss it. We didn't, there was no pull me to the side. There was no, we need to get this straight. He never once, he coached me. You know, I, I was in Carolina five years. I think he was there three of those years. He never want, he never again said that. And that's what Ron Hopper said. You say something crazy to me, I'm going to say something crazy to you. And once you realize that talking crazy to me is only going to get crazy talk back to you, you stop doing it. And it's really that easy. Yeah. And that's what I was saying all the time. If these do, that, that's what cracked me up listening to that Jordan stuff. I was like, it just affirms what I have been believing that these dudes are just soft to let him do that. <laughs> and Hart was, Hart was like, uh, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, they, they kind of spelled it out. Look, I mean, there are certain guys that, you know, MJ didn't do that to, you know. And, and But I, I think that's just that's just life, right? I mean, you kind of know, depending on the, the person, right, you kind of know which you can or cannot get away with, you know, with that person. And to your point, you know, it's up to you to kind of stick up for yourself or you know succumb to being treated a certain way 
Um, Absolutely. Ever. I, I told you Charles Haley would have run these guys crazy. Yeah. Charles Haley. Charles Haley would mess with any and every body until he until he realized that he couldn't get to you until you stood up for yourself or you let him know that you didn't care about his nonsense. He was going to try to run you crazy. Yeah. And that's what Jordan was doing. I, I don't have a problem with him trying to push people's buttons. Um, the issue to me was that oh, I can't believe that these guys allowed their buttons to be controlled like that. Yeah. That's what they did. Yeah. They, they allowed him to control it. Yeah. It, 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 it's very interesting. Um, and, you know, obviously it sparks a lot of similarities to, to Kobe as well. Kobe, you know, learned a lot from Mike and, and he pushed some buttons uh, kind of in the same vein. Um, and, and so, but but PJ was there both times and Phil, PJ, as in Phil Jackson, and, and he kind of, I don't want to say he allowed allowed it, but to a certain extent, I mean, I, I guess he did. Um, he, no, he didn't allow it. No, you don't, no, no, no. You don't Phil think Jackson, so? Phil Jackson didn't allow that. Phil Jackson, Mike, Mike didn't talk crazy to Phil. Well, he, no, talking, no, he Mike didn't talk crazy. crazy. He, yeah, he didn't talk crazy to Phil, but um, in terms of like the teammates, the, his teammates. No, that, those, that, these are grown men. George Seifert. It was not George Seifert's job. Um, it was not Bill Walsh's job to get Charles Haley off of anyone. If you wanted him off, get him off. Hmm. If you wanted him off, get him off. That is that simple. Yeah, you know what? I got tired of Charles Haley, so guess what? Charles and I got in a fight on a plane. <laughs> guess what? And you know what? That happened on a Sunday morning, mor Monday morning. Charles and I were friends, and we've been friends to this day. Oh wow! So it's 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 it, that that was not the coach's job. If Charles is doing something funny, guess what the coach is going to do? He's going to laugh. <laughs> I, I didn't know you and Charles Haley got into a fight on a plane. That is that's that that's some more breaking news here. On the Believe in 49ers pod. That, that's that's interesting. But that I mean, but that that's you, you know, like that's you saying, like, look, I ain't gonna have no more of this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I had a similar situation in fourth grade, but it's all good. Um Well, there are just there's just <laughs> limits to things. There, there there are just limits to things and like I said, you it's just a question of you understanding what a guy will do and letting the guy know what he what he can and cannot do. Yeah. And that's that right there is not on Michael Jordan. Like I said, I have no problem with him being a competitor. I have no problem with him trying to push people buttons. I have no problem with him saying this is the standard and this is what I believe. I look, I heard all that stuff. He was like, e either either you ride with it or you don't. All of that is he is perfectly perfectly okay feeling that way. Now, how that affects me and how you are going to respond to and address me, that's that's a different that's thing. A that's different ball me, game. Yeah, that's a well, whole, that's whole different That's for me to control. That's for me to control. Because it, always, it's not what you call me. It's what I answer to. So yeah. if I answer to chump, I'm a chump. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I, just like yeah. You, you with the, the coach in Carolina. And also, just... I mean, it, it, it. It's like the school bully, right? Like you step up, you 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 step up to the bully, then you stop getting bullied. But as as long if you don't, then you know he's gonna keep taking your lunch money. Um, yeah, and it, and it, and you know what? And stepping up to the bully doesn't mean that you're not gonna take an L. Yeah, you but might it, but you might means, take an L, but, but it, you're gonna show you, you show you earn some respect. 
yeah, well, you, that's the thing. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to take it. You're not going to take an L. But what it does mean is that every time you step to me, you're going to have to show me that I'm going to take an L. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get tired of that because because sooner or later, I'm going to catch you. It's crazy listening to that basketball stuff, man. I listen to it, and I know we, we're about to have a whole different pod on that. I'm listening. <laughs> I, I told you, man, it, it, it's it's something about the mentality. And these are, and like I said, big men. You t- t- I mean, we got, you got six, eight guys. These six, I mean, all, you, these guys look like defensive ends and tight ends. These are big dudes. And you're letting somebody talk to you like that? Like, come on, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. I remember when Mike walked through the, when Mike came into the locker room with um, Richard Dent. Because you remember when Dent was there and he and Dent were good friends. So he comes to Dent. Okay. When he walked through the locker room at, at that time, we were like, okay. Okay, like, you know, everybody was talking about Mike playing ball. We're like, he would get crushed. <laughs> I mean, this dude was like 6'6", 185 pounds. Like, he would get crushed. Yeah. You know, I know they, they talk about the legendary workouts for Mike and everything. That was basketball workouts. Yeah. It was different. Mike, it's... Mike, didn't, have, Mike didn't have a football body. So, I was like, I, I mean, you know, and I, and I get it. I, I, get, I get it, and I get the talking and the toughness, and it's a different game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one more note on as a Magic guy and a Laker guy, I've spent entirely too much time talking about the Bulls. Um, what? One more note on the defensive line. Um, before we get out of here, he talked about Kerry Hyder, right? I mean, I, I mentioned eight guys, and Hyder wasn't one of them. Um, at the top of the show, if like, what's it going to take for a guy like that to be able to make this team? Well, it's going to be difficult. That's that's number one. He's you're going to have to do something up and above because it's going to be very. Just bottom line, it's going to be very difficult for you to make a team. It's going to be very difficult for you to um, um. It's going to be very difficult for you to put yourself in position to outdo those other guys. I, I mean, you know, just plain and simple. You you because we can go down the chart and look at it. And I'm just just being real. I mean. You know, some guys, some guys are camp legs. Yeah. It's, it's a real, it's a real thing. Some guys are camp legs um, and you can be a very good player and still be camp legs. It, it's a, it's a real thing. Um, there, there are situations in which you can look at it and you're going to have guys that uh, if they do, if they do everything really, really well, they'll end up on another squad. So the difficulty of him making, um, if the difficulty of, of him making the team, we got to put that at what, what, what a DEFCON um, three. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to dude, it's, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It, just being real about it. Because we, I, I, I don't see it happening. And, 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 um, and remember this conversation is with, the best of everyone, the best of health, the best of play, um, the, you know, that that's what I'm hoping for everyone. And if those things happen, it's going to be extremely difficult for him to make the team. Yeah, I I, I find him interesting because he's a guy that had like – a coach talked about it. He had an eight-sack year. That was back in 16, um, but didn't play at all in 17. 18, he came back, only played seven games. Um, he played every game last year with the Cowboys, uh, but 
just, you know, two sacks combined each of the last two seasons, but you see the 2016 year and it's, you know, is that, is that an outlier? I mean, is, is, is that something that can be replicated? Like it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. And, and even if it's not here with the Niners, like can, can he do that again uh, somewhere else? You're talking about eight, eight sacks, 11 TFLs. Um, I mean, that's a, a pretty good year. Um, yeah, I, like yeah. I'll take that year for a de- for a defensive tackle. I mean, I, I and, and so I mean, you got a guy like that who's no higher than ninth on your depth chart. Uh, I, I think he 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 will be an interesting case study, um, if not for the Niners, Absolutely. but 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 for someone else. Um, special thanks to John Scott. Appreciate him for coming on. He was awesome. That, that was some terrific stuff that he got. All these coaches yeah, we've talked to have been been really, really good. We got some more coaches coming for you um, down the line as we continue to, to give you a sneak peek inside of uh, of these Niners draft picks from the 2020 class. Um, so special thanks to Coach Scott for joining us uh, once again. Uh, special thanks as well also to you out there for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media, at Haylock on Twitter. That's at Haylock. And then for my man ED, that's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And then on the old Instagram, he's at underscore bump and run. And I'm at watch Ray Ray. Uh, appreciate all y'all for listening. Um, another one in the books. Uh, you guys stay safe. Stay well. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my partner, Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock saying we will see y'all next week. Be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.